Hello, and welcome back to Making an Artist. I'm your host, Shanna Shrum, creator of Life of the Potty and coach to women identified creatives. We have a wonderful episode for you today, but first, some potty business. Sign up is now open for Potty Class, an online creative coaching group for women identified creatives. This is a great way to connect to a community, create accountability, and have some fucking fun. Classes start September 18th on Google Hangout, and class size is limited, so visit lifeofthepotty.com today to secure your spot. Now back to today's episode. We have Jeffrey James Benny, former musical theater actor turned vegan ultra runner and filmmaker. In it, we talk on a river, like a literal river, about what it's like to answer the call of the hero's journey from an ICU waiting room, realizing your childhood dream to live in a home on wheels, and taking the reins and monetizing your art. Enjoy. So, are we ready? <coughs> yeah. I, I feel like so. this is, you had some business you had to take care of first. I had some uh, business to take care of. I okay. got some sunscreen in my eyes. I know. Well, that's very painful. I've had that happen here. It's been a real tragedy on our vacation. That's all right. I'm really tough, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is so beautiful and picturesque. Like, we're literally sitting in a river. Should you tell them? Yeah. Yeah, we're sitting in a fucking river. Literally in a river at a picnic table. Like, the picnic table is in the river. Like, Jeff moved the picnic table into the river so that we could have our feet in the water while we talk about your creative projects and being an artist. Yeah, that's what we did. Yeah, we literally created a scene a plateau a tableau <laughs> a that's tableau. what i meant yeah. a tableau i hope we don't plateau i know <laughs> shit <laughs> me neither dude um so why don't you tell everybody the folks at home whose feet are probably dry at this moment yeah why don't you tell them um who you are and what you do huh okay well he, you're still struggling with the sunscreen are you gonna be okay yeah i'm gonna be just fine okay <clears throat> um it'll give me some object work while i'm speaking <laughs> <laughs> jeff and i went to theater school together yeah we did um yeah what it, well who, uh, yeah i'm jeffrey um jeffrey what benny jeffrey james yeah. benny jeffrey james um, benny i've done a lot of things i guess i started in theater doing that kind of thing and then i kind of transitioned into doing some comedy mm-hmm. and some improv and some stand-up and then that mm-hmm. kind of led to my current project which is uh uh film a docu comedy i would a docu comedy comedy i'll call where it. you don't even just deliver us jokes you also do something else what's that You fucking run. Oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Well, I, thought, I did thought there was something specific. No, this is not a Mari Povich gotcha kind of podcast, dude. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, the film, well, it's half documentary, half comedy. And uh, the documentary portion follows me uh, uh, training and running a for a 100-mile ultramarathon. So, how fun was running 100 miles, though? Mm. It's fun later. <laughs> it's fun to tell the story about it. It's fun to talk about it on podcast in rivers later. That's the fun part. No, it is fun. It's fun in a like it like it's difficult to find very many things that would be more physically challenging. That difficult. just your yeah, that you're that, that like things that just your average like chubby ginger could hop into. You know, there's a lot there are plenty of uh, trials and tribulations out there more intense than running a hundred miler, but it's something that like the average person can decide to embark upon. And maybe the average person like doesn't decide to embark upon, perhaps. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like okay, so let's let's as we do on this podcast, let's roll it back. <clears throat> let's okay. turn back time. All right. So, oh, full disclosure. Well, do you know how hard it was to hold back that share? <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that around me and expect me to behave. <laughs> full disclosure, Jeff and I have known each other for a million years. <laughs> a lot of years. And we're actually on vacation together right now. If I could turn back time. Sorry. If I could turn back time. <laughs> I couldn't. No, it's such a good song, though. And it does still deserve its own delivery. It does. Anyway, so, you were turning okay, back time. So, I turned back time. Um... You were a musical theater. You have a you have a BFA in yeah. musical theater. I do. And you grew up on a pig farm. Mm-hmm. And now you are an ultra runner, vegan, um, like micro home building person. Yeah. Let's talk about that trajectory. I grew up on a pig farm. 
you know, mm-hmm. a little gay theater kid on Aww, a pig farm in a rural. Baby. No, don't feel sorry for me. No, it was great. You're it was a wonderful. sweet little baby. I've oh, seen the pictures. I was the sweetest of little babies. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I grew up on a pig farm and I, I didn't quite know what it was, but I knew that it wasn't for me long term. And so, Pig farming? Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of manifests itself as me just like desperately trying to get away mm-hmm. from rural Missouri and anything that like had anything to do with the pig farm. So I wanted to move to New York and I wanted to be an actor and so that's what I did. I went to college and studied musical theater and then mm-hmm. I moved to New York. And you have a voice like a little angel. Wow, thanks. You do. You have a beautiful voice and you're a great actor. I've seen Sometimes. him. <laughs> um, I didn't pay though. <laughs> he got me in for free. <laughs> you're welcome. I don't know what you're talking about, but you're welcome. Spelling bee. We're going to get to that. Oh, okay. Sure. So, um, so, uh, so then, like, after I got to New York, it took about five years of living in New York for me to realize that, like, I do love New York. I'm glad that I'm where I am and doing what I'm doing. But mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I actually really miss, like, nature. <laughs> We're literally, we've been in, this is our fourth day in nature. Fourth day in nature. Yeah. yeah. It's been awesome. It's yeah. been great. Yeah. Um, but it kind of was a slow process of me realizing that I maybe had a little bit more farm boy in me than I realized. And so. Mm. Oh, so like the thing that you were like getting away from was the thing that kind of ultimately pulled you back a little bit too. Yeah. But the thing. Yeah. Love that. But it, I wasn't until, you know, like the age of 30, I realized that like what I was running away from was not rural communities was not farming even mm. was not nature. It was it was not any of those things I thought it was. It was okay. totally unrelated. Well, what was it? Um, I think it was like, 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 like family stuff, friends stuff that made that environment like not fun. But now as an adult, I realized mm. that it could be fun on my terms. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. Well, we're having a blast. We're right? having a blast. Exactly. Yeah. We're doing things our way. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it took me a few years, but I slowly realized that I actually was a lot more outdoorsy than I thought. Yeah. I desperately missed the outdoors. I also realized that I was accidentally athletic as a kid. Like I was <gasps> never good. Oops. Yeah, I did it again. (laughs) Let's see how many divas we can quote during this episode. Start the tally. Is this the diva episode? I think it is. Mabes. (laughs) Mabes. Totes Mabes. Um, I don't know. What was I saying? Oh, you... Fuck if I know, broski. Oh, accidentally uh, athletic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so accidentally I, athletic. Yeah, Thank I you realize, for being a good host. No problem. Yeah. You know, I, you, these are skills you, you get after you've hosted this many podcasts. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> um, no, you know, I was always in sports as a kid and I was never really good at them. But now looking back, I realize it's because I was in the wrong sports. I was in things. <gasps> yes. that, I was in team sports. I was in sports indoors on a court. Like if you, I, I never would have imagined like putting me on a, nature trail by myself and asking me to run a hundred miles would have been like flicking awesome you know yeah you can say fuck on that oh i can yeah totally i don't know if i, I mark I, every episode with a with an explicit okay because i've met me well i often accident i think it's because of the whole midwestern farm boy thing i often accidentally censor myself even, really even when i'm trying to be naughty but oh see no <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll keep that in mind but let's talk about how you got how you found your niche in sports right like how was that how did you do that well, it's kind of accidental. I mean, my mom's health was declining. She mm-hmm. was diagnosed with heart disease when I heart failure when I was eleven, mm. and it was like a super slow decline. Mm. And I was like, what? "What? How old was I? 29, 30? When your mom was real sick? Yeah. Uh, Somewhere it was in like, there. Was it five or six years ago? Yeah, six years. Yeah. Like the last three months, she was just in ICU the whole time, and I was spending so much time in the waiting room, and I stumbled across these trail runner magazines, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like reading them, trying to waste time, and I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think it was the, you know, I'd started cycling a couple years ago, or a couple years before that in New York. I started Mm -hmm. cycling everywhere, which was kind of my first um, attempt to like Mm -hmm. reconnect with nature, I guess. And so I was reading these trail runner magazines and they kept talking about ultra running and these like 50 mile, 100 mile, 113 mile runs. And I was like, oh man, that's crazy. And then I started reading about like the fact that actually like non-athletes or maybe not like typical 22 year old prime of their life athletes, um, like that's not necessarily the type of athlete who fares best in 100 milers. Because it's mind over your body. Yeah, it's not about speed, first yes. of all. I mean, of course, there are people who win the race, and so for them, There's of course... There's always somebody that wins. Right. So, of course, for like a certain amount of people, it's about 
being fast, but for most people, it's the personal challenge of it and it's finishing. And so that was a whole new thing, like a whole new way to think about running. Never, ever, ever had I ran and not worried about how fast I was going. So that was really, yeah. I grew up in sports too. And I was also kind of like made to do sports a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. I liked it, but like Mm -hmm. my dad was like, definitely like sign me up, you know? Yeah. Which I'm glad I was forced to do. Same. I'm actually really glad too. Yeah. Because I think for one, it teaches you like teamwork. It also like whenever you hit a line drive in the fucking like sweet spot during an intramural game when you're like 28 years old and all the dudes cover their mouths that is that I want to like specifically <clears throat> shake my father's hand yeah for <laughs> for no totally I remember I mean I played basketball from third grade mm-hmm. until eighth grade and the two times in those six years mm-hmm. that I made a point <laughs> I remember like just this like debilitating perma smile would overcome yes. me. I'm like it was achievement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't believe in luck, mm. but okay. So, mm, next, oh, oh, are next, we gonna fight about this? Next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> On the next podcast. On the next, Mickey. Sh- Shannon Jeffrey wrestle in a creek. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, but having that sense of accomplishment, like mm-hmm. feeling what it feels like to achieve and like the thing about running is that you run your own race yeah you run against yourself you're not really running against anybody else well and when it gets to ultra running like like speed isn't what's going to well it could speed could do you in it has done me in Mm -hmm. but there are so many other things i mean when you're running 100 miles you're trying also like not to barf you're also trying to make yourself eat you're trying to hold it until you get to a porta potty Mm -hmm. you're trying to gauge whether something weird is going in your body going on in your body Mm. or you're so dehydrated that like you know like hyponatremia is on (laughs) on the hyponatremia yeah that's a new word word of the day word of the day hyponatremia it's um when you uh, it's a lack of. It's actually a lack of sodium, but it's caused by too much water. You essentially dilute the sodium in your body to levels that are too low, dangerously low. Okay. But it yeah. happens when you know when you're running, you're excreting sodium in your out in of your, your sweat. Yeah. So if you're not taking in enough, you know, after 30 hours of running. 30 hours. Yeah, that's, of running. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you're so, like, I'm in a hospital room. I'm gonna like thinking about running yeah you okay so you had also been on tour prior to that right yeah you had yeah. done the actor thing like I, you got a national tour yeah, I had you done were the actor wonderful thing. in it Thanks. you were in a show called spelling Bee. It's a really great show actually beautiful musical yeah um you toured you did that mm-hmm. so what switched your brain from acting and doing like the audition thing to the docu comedy thing yeah, well, I think... So eloquently sad. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I had done... You know, I mean, I think, first of all, part of me going into musical theater and pursuing the arts was a, a kind of a desperate attempt to not end up in business or end up in marketing. Like, right. I didn't want... Like, I just... <clears throat> you know, I didn't want to be... I'm not anti-capitalism, but I, you know what I mean? I just um, didn't... I don't know. I am. Yeah. Well, maybe a little. I mean, yeah, we could we could talk about that. <laughs> That's a different podcast <clears throat> On episode. the third... <laughs> once, we, <laughs> once we reach a truce <laughs> after our river fight, episode three. <laughs> after our river fight. That's amazing. <laughs> river wrestling. River wrestling. River wrestling. Yeah. yeah, we're in Missouri. We ain't going to say no G's no, and we're nothing. Ra- wrestling. Nothing. So... Um, so what, was I, what was We're going? talking about capital... Okay, you're talking about... Business was, you did not want to do business, and so, like, theater and being a performance antithesis of that. Right, so it's a whole reason I, like, ended up doing, like, pursued musical theater to begin with. So I had, you know, of course, this very fantastical idea about moving to New York City. Right. It's going to just create art, and my pills, my bills would just get paid. And your bills. My pills would get paid for, too. Yeah, please. (laughs) No, like, everything would just work out, and I would just create art, and, like, Mm -hmm. it would be great. And, you know, that would be great, but that's... No, it turned out for me that wasn't realistic. And very quickly after I got to New York, I got cast in Spelling Bee. And wait, you said it wasn't realistic, but then it happened. Well, well, you go listen to the rest of the story. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I was like, bitch, who? No. 
Yeah, well, so, and before I even talk about the whole spelling bee story, I mean, I want to make it very clear how appreciative I am of the opportunity and how right. amazing it was. Okay, I, mean, I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know where All this right. is going. So, like, I mean, it was so amazing. Sorry. I wouldn't give it up for a million bucks. There's nothing, well, maybe a... There, maybe a million. <laughs> now, maybe a couple things I would change, but no, like it was great. I, right. Like it was great. It was right. like a life-defining period mm-hmm. for me. That being said, I quickly, very quickly realized that it's a corporation. I mean, yeah. you know, like a Broadway oh, musical is a corporation, okay. and it right. um, <clears throat> it was tough to see so many artistic decisions being oh, made off money. of like who was the cheapest, like who, who who's the cheapest understudy who can come do that role while they're out sick like what's the cheapest way to fix that set piece like what's it needs to look good we're a a business (laughs) so it needs to look good it can't cost us money that being said what is the cheapest solution and the thing is at the time i wasn't in the actors union and i was the cheapest solution so i kept getting all of these awesome breaks you were a fucking scam i was (laughs) (laughs) i was i was non-union when i first started through Uh a loophole because i started in the chicago company they could pay me less and they just kept yeah they just kept using me and putting me into better and better roles and positions because i was the cheaper option you were the cheaper option yeah so anyway well that would just be you know that would disillusion anyone i think well, so that, and then, you know, I spent that time making so much money in such an awesome show, and then I got back to New York, and it was over. I mean, it was a year and a half. Right. The contract you, was you done. And your wedding was over. My wedding was over, and suddenly I had to do it all over again. Mm. And so I started hitting the grind again, okay. and, you know, I had gotten so lucky that young to book such an awesome show, and I was just expecting them to start falling in my lap. Right. <laughs> and, of course, they didn't, as they don't. Um and then on top of that, I kept going to auditions on like a Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. And Ooh, I would meet like 60-year-old actors and actresses who, by all accounts, had had wildly successful careers in theater. But they were still Hustling. at this open yeah. call audition at 6 a.m. on a Wednesday auditioning mm. for the Cleveland Playhouse. Mm-hmm. No beef with Cleveland Playhouse. No, they're all wonderful. But, <laughs> but you were making this just formulated a decision. In right. Your it was just a huge epiphany that success in musical theater was not what I had imagined it you to essentially be. like read probably shifted you into redefining your version of success yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and Which so I'm very interested and in. please do go on <laughs> yeah so then I was like you know what like the components I really loved about this experience was the comedy that's what I do well mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I decided to take some improv classes you're sort of funny sometimes <laughs> no you're very we've been cackling all trip it's been wonderful you're super funny so I took improv classes mm-hmm. at UCP and that led to stand up and when I started doing stand up like a light bulb just went off. Yeah, it's real fun. Well, it's fun. And I think the thing I liked most was that I was in control of everything. And everything was because of me. So if I failed... And you're a Leo, right? I am a Leo. Yeah, that should be noted. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was exhilarating because, like, if I failed, it was all me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't blame, like, a bad script, bad music. Yep. Uh, you know, the lighting engineer made a mistake. Like, it was all me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I freaking killed, it is all you it was all me like it was all me and I was all responsible for it so that's what led me to to stand up then I got into running and I had just moved to California and mm-hmm. all of these things were kind of coming together and I remember going for a run and in the mountains outside of LA and I was like what like the fuck am I gonna do with my life <laughs> like, right. like what am I doing I had like... moved to LA because I knew I wasn't happy in New York but I was like I want to write jokes and tell them, mm-hmm. and I want to run in mm-hmm. the woods, mm-hmm. in the mountains all the time. Yep. I want to do those two things, and I would love to like put my toes into the film and television river in some way. <laughs> but, which we are in right now. <laughs> which, well, that, yeah, that, yes, <laughs> we are. And I was like, how, like, how can I do those three things? And this concept of a film which is half documentary following me training for and running the race and then half my first stand-up show about the whole experience came into my brain parts and (laughs) I ran with it and what's it called once is enough once is enough once is enough and I actually had the pleasure of consulting on it a little bit a whole lot um a lot actually I've seen (laughs) a lot of 
Hi, do you like what you're hearing? If so, swing on by patreon.com backslash life of the potty and become a patron. This is a listener supported podcast. So any amount you can support making an artist with is enough and greatly appreciated. If you can't become a patron right now, please rate, review, and share your favorite episodes so we can keep the conversation going. Thank you and potty. Can we talk about the impetus of, of what led you specifically to do this show and to run 100 miles? And that was the passing of your mother, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get to that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hospital saga uh, did not end well. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, we were lucky to have her as long as we did. Mm. So no complaints. Well, no, a couple. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we thought, when I was 11, we thought she had three years and she mm. had 17. So, oh. yeah. So, But it was nice to have her. For those extra years. Yes, but, and you were very close, and she was lovely. Yeah, she was kind of phenomenal, yeah. and I was a mama's boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. She loved you. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she died of heart failure, mm-hmm. and there were really no bones about it. It was because she was overweight. I mean, she'd been overweight her whole life, and she just couldn't... She just couldn't... We know, we've all watched... Well, maybe not all of us, but I've seen had a lot of friends who watched their mom's diet over and over again mine did the same thing and Mm. she just could never you know she just couldn't 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 get it done yeah (laughs) so that was really the impetus i just like didn't want to well no 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 simile required i did not want to end up in the same place as her Mm -hmm. she was only 58 that's Mm. too young you know to Mm -hmm. die of something avoidable So, yeah, I think um, it was mostly that. But I think also, I don't know, uh, you know, our friend Annie, who lost her mom, we've talked about this a lot. There was, there's like some kind of unavoidable guilt (laughs) that happens when you lose a parent. Because, I mean, I don't know, find me the person who would say, I have been the ideal model child. I never gave my parent any grief. Right. Like I was an angel. I was, though. You can ask my mom. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) I don't have to. (laughs) To know you're lying. (laughs) No, but I mean, you know, like I was so close to my mom. Like there was nothing that she, you know, there's no reason. It's totally unjustified, but there's, uh, I feel guilty. Like. Like, I could have called her more. I could have spent more time oh, with her. Oh, okay. And I, I called her every day. <laughs> yeah. There's always guilt. Of, yeah. Like, in, it's, it's... With grief. There's yes. always guilt with grief. Yeah. Yeah. So, it also kind of, like, scratched that. You know? Like, because, like, I don't know. There's kind of this sense, of, like, like, you can't do, like, you can't do anything big enough to, like, celebrate them you know what I mean like when they pass it's kind of like like there's no there's no party big enough you can have there's no amount of money you can raise big enough to like Mm -hmm. make sure everyone knows Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah but you can run 100 miles so I was thinking why not do the three most difficult things I've ever done (laughs) in my life (laughs) and she fucking loves it I know it (laughs) which you know when I do these yeah she does yeah yeah when I do these things everyone wants to talk about the running Sometimes they want to talk about, which I know you don't. I know we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, sometimes they want to talk about the writing a show. Uh-huh. But I think the uh, the sleeper is of my whole experience is making this freaking film. <laughs> which has taken how long? <clears throat> oh, you know what? It's From, from the uh, time you had that idea mm-hmm. to you literally just started submitting it to festivals last week yeah and we sh- i mean it should be noted it's not done but yeah, it's you still festival have audio it's... mixing and <clears throat> color grading to do correct right yes right um <clears throat> yeah so i mean it's moved really really quickly it's <laughs> <laughs> you gotta wait to laugh <laughs> i gotta hold for the punchline <laughs> okay holding yeah <clears throat> um it's been a little over four years yeah 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 but in in the if we're looking at like how long it takes to make a film, four years in Hollywood is actually not that long. Well, yeah. Is it? Y- no. Well. Right? No. Mm. Not. And you are just like a literal one-man fucking band, like playing the drum with your foot and the harmonica, <laughs> banging cymbals together. Right. Well, I appreciate you making excuses for me, but this <laughs> film could have been made 
uh, much more quickly. But there were some things I could help and some things that I couldn't help. See, I kind of disagree with that. Okay. I think that, like, I think that you have, like, things happen in the time that they need to unfold. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you could have rushed through some things or whatever or gotten more funding or whatever. But, like, it happened Mm -hmm. in the amount of time it needed to happen so that you could adjust to what was happening. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. Yeah. And I know everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Okay, I won't argue. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it has worked out just fine. Quite possibly, you Mm -hmm. could argue for the better, but it definitely has not gone as quickly as it could have. Yeah. Or as quickly as I thought. You wouldn't have learned shit if everything would have turned out the way you expected it to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I've said to you before that I'm so lucky. My first film project was of a subject matter so close to me Mm -hmm. because I would have given up. I can think of at least five very specific incidences Mm -hmm. where if this wasn't in celebration of my mom, if this wasn't for my mom, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't had so many people contribute to our uh, Indiegogo campaign, Mm -hmm. if all that stuff hadn't happened, I would have just given up. Like I wouldn't have finished it. This is fucking hard. I'm just going to watch Netflix. (laughs) I'm just going to, like, disappear into the ether. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. That's why um, when I'm really ready to do a project, I start telling people about it. Mm. Because... That's so smart. You don't want to do it too early, but once your ball's in, you got to tell people about it. Once my ovaries are in... Because it's a really... uh, It can be a very healthy stress to have people constantly asking, Hey, how's your... I like that. How's your film going? I like that phrase, a healthy stress. It's an oxymoron, by the way. It is. Well, you know, you know, I, you're actually, you're one of my creative champions, which oh. we talk often a lot about on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, well, because I think you're great. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> um, no, because remember when we did that vlog on your roof in 2015, and you're like, do you have any projects coming up? And I just straight out was like, yeah, I'm actually developing a web series. Right. And you were like, I could see it in your face. You were like... <laughs> You are? <laughs> like, we talk on the phone all the time. You would tell me shit about this. I could just read your mind. <laughs> and then after we finished filming, you're like, so what's this thing you're doing? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. that was news to me, and, and I loved it. It was one of those things that had been, like, marinating in me that I was like, I'm going to do uh-huh. something online. I'm going to do what is this thing. And I knew that if I had set it on camera, and even though if only, like, five people watched it, I knew that if it was, like, there for perpetuity or whatever, that I would do it. Yeah. And then I did. And I well, created Life with a Potty. I mean, I, I feel like that's the ideal way to do it. I it mean, is like, it, on a rooftop in Koreatown <laughs> in Los Angeles. Well, half I, drunk on white wine spritzers. <laughs> half. <laughs> yeah, well. That's like, how you start projects. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I was going to say, I feel like ruminating on something for a while. Yeah. And then eventually revealing it. In but I didn't even know what it was. A safe person. I didn't right. even have a name for it. I didn't even know what it was. I oh, just said I was going to do it. I guess I still didn't know that it was that half baked. It time. was super. It was a quarter baked. It wasn't even half baked. It okay. was like a super gooey, like underbaked pan of brownies oh, at crap. that point. Okay. But that was. But I was. But once I said it out loud, I was committed to doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, we got to figure out a name. Got to figure out what I'm doing. Like I have to figure out how to edit video. Yeah. And like, but what you're talking about is, because then people are going to start asking. They're going to be like, oh. Yeah. Well, that this, web is, series coming out? this is about to get off topic, but I feel like I have to add this caveat, mm. which is, it just makes me think of something I've done a lot, which I often regret, mm-hmm. which is telling people who aren't <gasps> safe oh. spaces. No, we're so to super speak. big fans of We've not talked doing about that. This. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. A number of times I have told people mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. half-baked ideas yes. who weren't, they weren't the right people to tell yeah. and they immediately got shut down yes. or they, you know, it's not their fault. Like they're like, you know, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm just out in all this nature. <laughs> you got, got nature in your nose. <laughs> no, I like, I, yes, keep going. Yeah. Well, so I, I think uh, it's important to not tell people about plans until not to tell certain people. One, Yes. 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 The people who can't see how they're going to evolve and formulate. Right. And the people who aren't, I think it also takes a certain amount of creativity. Because a lot of times you tell me ideas mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, you know, I don't know if that sounds like a good idea, but I know that cre- that Shannon's a really creative and capably creative person. And if she has the idea, I know that she has a plan. Yeah. Well, we've, been, we've also kind of been bouncing ideas off each other for about close to a decade. 
ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like I can come to you with something that's pretty underbaked, undercooked, and yeah. I'm gonna be like, I know that this isn't what it's gonna be, but this is my like initial thought. Well, and I think we also we were literally doing it in the pool yesterday. Yeah. Well, and also like when you tell me an idea, I can tell how baked it is, and yeah. so that's how I approach it. Yeah. Like exactly. I can be like, oh, it's a, it sounds like a, a new idea. Yeah. Well, this is how. Well, this is what I'll say about yeah. it. Yeah. And you give good feedback, and you give good feedback, <clears throat> but like that's what you want in someone that you're gonna disclose concept to a fresh concept or a new concept yeah is like you don't want to hand your baby to somebody who's gonna drop it and say that baby's ugly well and in my (laughs) exactly right (laughs) and in my past like i would like i would hand my babies to the wrong people which is a form of self-sabotage well yeah because i love you but it is and i've done it too it's like you know if i'm a mom with a new baby or a dad you don't give it to like an eight-year-old to watch well Well, you love these babies. I've got. I have a really good analogy. Like, get. Are you, like, <laughs> I'm gonna beat it into the fucking river. No, listen. Like, I'm a mom, uh-huh. and there's this other mom uh-huh. in our PTA group. Uh-huh. Total B. This yeah, mom. Total B. And I mean, she's nice, but she's constantly talking about how ugly everyone's baby is. Yeah. And I have a baby. Yeah. Uh, she's not the person that you I go them? to, mm-hmm. and I say, Hey, what do you think of my baby? Do you want to watch w- my baby? No. I don't went to watch her because I wanted her to say, Your baby's so cute. But I know her. And I know that she is not going to say my baby's so cute. And if she does say it, she doesn't mean it. So stop taking your babies to that bitch, y'all. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Take your babies to the people who are really good daycare centers (laughs) for your little baby ideas. There's actually a book called What Do You Do With An Idea? It's like a kid's book. And it basically talks about like kind of letting it sit with you first Mm -hmm. before you start to share it with the world. So that it can expand. And I also think it's important with your ideas to like share them with people who can yes and you. Mm -hmm. And also who can be like, this is absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. I think you're barking up the wrong tree. Maybe bark up this tree. Well, and that has happened. I have taken ideas that I thought were good. And I have taken them to friends whose opinions I respected. And I knew they would have my best interest in mind. And they said, I... I don't know about that one. Yes. And I've said, you know what? You're right. Like in a healthy way. Not yeah, in a like, totally. oh, they didn't like it. I'm not no, going to no, think no, no. about it anymore. In a like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. They might be They might be right. It's yeah. okay. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. Every idea is not a winner. I'm going to think on it. Yeah. So, okay. So. You held on. This is also a Julia Cameron thing. She talks about holding on to your gold. Mm-hmm. You hold on to the gold. What's my gold? Your gold is your idea, your thing. Oh, oh okay. Um. Somebody needs to do the artist's way. I know, I started it, but I didn't finish it. Says everyone. You told the right people. You got the thing in motion. Yeah. And four years later, we're sitting in a river. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost done. Swatting flies, trying Swatting to keep flies. our, uh, our the trying to keep the rhythm of our sentences going. Uh, Don't going, worry, I'm so a really good editor. <laughs> so it's not obvious not really. we're swatting flies. Yeah. How has this experience changed you? Well, I think the first thing is, again, I'm not even done yet, but I already would never, never be as happy creating someone else's art for them. Yes. <clears throat> and I don't want to knock acting. I still would. I, no. would, I would love to be up on stage well, doing an awesome is, like, play you're not right now. Well, done. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just not, it, no, you don't, you can leave and come back to acting a million fucking times in your lifetime. Yeah. But something really magical happened when I stopped like doing other people's mm. work, what and was not that? even just not even just like reading people, not like not even just you know reading playwrights' words mm. in a play, but mm. um, like emulating the person who had done it before me, or going right. to Lincoln Center and watching the Broadway production of a musical before I played the role, because it would inform you know yeah. no matter oh, yeah, how you try to do your own you thing, role, it informs sure. your performance, and. Uh, you know, no matter what any artist is doing, I would highly advocate for making sure there's at least one little side project that's just, Your it's all you, desire. it's all, all you, it's exactly what you want to do. Maybe nobody will even see it. Maybe you just do well, it I'm in a your big fan of that. kitchen. <laughs> I'm a big fan of art for no one, but you. Yeah, yeah. I, um... I, you Well, you know all about this little visit, but I rented a hotel room last November. Mm. I was feeling really burnt out and really exhausted. And I rented a hotel room in Chicago, downtown Chicago, for one night. Got it really cheap. I was making videos and pictures and photos, and I, like, was writing things. And, you know, nobody's seen, like, literally three-quarters of it. 
But a quarter of it did come out. I wrote a new character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. become a sketch and like is something I perform <clears throat> live. And But I was making art for myself. Like mm-hmm. just for the simple fact of like making something and to feel excited and alive about it. Yeah, well, and I think... Um... Well, I think two things. I think, number one, I think too many artists don't create enough art for themselves. Yeah. I think they do it for other reasons, you know. I do. They do it to sell. They do it. um, But I think the the converse to that is I think too many artists uh, don't think about... I'm trying to, I'm trying to be diplomatic. Right. I think so many artists don't think about um, how to monetize their art. Some art shouldn't be monetized, but I think that's the thing. You know, in my early musical theater days, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that I struggled with most. Is that nobody like why didn't our theater department have, have a class business classes? On how to do that? Like why didn't yeah. like you know? Like, yeah. The, the closest we came to it, I remember, was like a Broadway actor who went to our school came in and t- gave us a talk. Yeah, about like side jobs. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right. But like nobody came in and was like, "This is how you make a living doing this. This is how you, you know." And I, I have my beef and stuff with that, but I also think like, why? Like, why isn't there a class now about like how to maintain your integrity and make money in the arts? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that not a class? You yeah. know what? I'm gonna fucking teach it. Do it. Like, <laughs> do it. You go, you go find your university. You I'm going to find me a university and I'm going to teach it. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that was, um, I mean, that was part of my evolution was mm-hmm. the first stage was me totally either oblivious or ignoring the fact that yeah. I needed to think about money. Yeah. I ended up in so much debt. Then the next phase was me making just Gossip ass it. loads of money. Yeah. Doing a very commercial show, yeah. which I shouldn't say that. As Broadway shows go, it was so packed with artistic integrity. But we've already talked about it. at the end of the day, it was a corporation. Yeah. And then that led me to now, where I'm doing my own thing, uh, in a way that should reap the most financial and artistic reward right. for myself. And I think I, you know, honestly, I don't know if I'll ever find a project like this again. Because I think this project is definitely one of the most personally substantial and rewarding projects I will ever work on. Mm-hmm. And I think it probably is going to be the most, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, <laughs> knock yeah. on some wood. Yeah, we're on One of the literally. more like commercially successful like mm-hmm. solo ventures of mine. Because it is, uh, I hope, a story that a lot of people can identify with. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, losing a parent or wishing you were... A little less chubby or well it's a hero's journey yeah yeah it is and that's i mean we're all interested in the hero's journey mm-hmm, you're right. you know like know. making the choice that's hard mm-hmm. because it's the desire mm-hmm. because it feels like it's going to fulfill a part of yourself yeah. i mean that that's something that like again when you're talking about like being a business person it, it's the antithesis of that it's it's it goes against the culture. It goes against the narrative, the cultural narrative, I should say, of what we've been taught, yeah. of the normative way in which to exist in our world. Mm-hmm. And that's the hero's journey, I think, as it exists now, right? Is you mm-hmm. had a calling. You were, like, you were sitting in a fucking, like, ICU feeling a call to go run. How weird is that? Yeah, yeah, totally. That's really fucking weird, dude. <clears throat> like, but, like, <laughs> but, like, I mean that in, like, the best way. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? No, like, I Because that's when the calls come in. Right. Is when you're in the middle of something that's the complete opposite of what you should be thinking about. And you're like, oh, you know what? Uh, I think I need to think about running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. Yeah, totally. You're like, my mom is in the room and I'm just sitting here a puddle of whatever right of just motions and things and like oh but i should i should go for a run <laughs> let me go for a little jaunt in the mountains speaking of jaunts in the mountains can yeah. we talk a little bit about leadville yeah, yeah okay of course. so leadville was the first 100 miler that you signed up for that you had a film crew come out yeah well uh, Le- uh, alert once is enough spoiler alert, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you don't want any spoiler alerts, you maybe want to turn your your audio down for yeah. the next few minutes. Because um, this is going to be a climax. Uh, spoiler. Spoiler. But what happened was... Um, what Jeff, happened was I yeah, was on a mountain. You were on a mountain. 
And in if, for those of you who are not runners and who have like not raced yet, um, for some of these races, if you don't hit a certain timing pace mark, they pull you out of the race. And I'm gonna let Jeff continue from there. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's not just that you have to. So for this first one, the the cutoff I think was 32 hours. It's not just that you have to reach the finish line in 32 hours. There are aid stations spread out. You know, every mm-hmm. eight to 12 miles ish throughout the course (laughs) and though you also have to meet each one of those by their required cutoff time okay so what happened in Leadville which is probably one of the harder 100 milers Uh, because you change elevations it's very hard on your body on your oxygen levels definitely one of the hardest in North America not yeah 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 not the but that was like you try you that was your first timer you tried that one yeah I thought that would be a good idea for my first one yeah you're like let me just start at the top yeah why not that one (laughs) (laughs) but so you got pulled from the race halfway through-ish what was, um, what was a mile? Like? Yeah, it was a mile. Well, it was a mile forty-seven. Forty-seven um, at the top of Hope Pass. It's kind of like Hope the Pass. <laughs> it's the okay. pinnacle. It's the like. Tw- That's like the universe speaking to you. Is it? <laughs> I think so. It might be. I remember when you came. Okay, I'm gonna let you talk about it in a minute. But I, I'm a little <laughs> champagne drunk now. I'm gonna let you finish, but because I remember when you came home, I remember when it happened, and I was like, "This is the best thing that can happen for his film." <laughs> I that's thought what that That's what everybody yeah. said. And I, I wanted I to punch every I single know. one of them in the face. I know you did. <clears throat> but but you was. were right. <laughs> you were all right. Yeah, no, I know. I can admit that. And I actually, I knew it at the time, too, but it was just... But it's like whenever something shitty happens and somebody's like, everything happens for a reason. It's like, well, no, let's not discount, like, literally how sad and shitty that felt. Yeah, you know, the thing, the interesting thing was, is, you know, when you do these races, it's not just you. Like, you mm. don't just roll up and do the race. You have a, a crew, yeah. a, a running crew. Lots it's, of folks. It's like a, I, I describe it as a NASCAR pit crew. You, oh, yeah, You roll into totally. the aid stations. They know exactly what to do. They're mm-hmm. changing out your food. They're filling your water. You know, they're fixing your feet. They're retaping your toes. It, it, it takes uh, more than just yourself to do these things. So mm-hmm. not only did I have a handful of people who had traveled to crew for me, uh, like across the country. I also had the film crew who we had paid a lot of money to transport and pay to mm-hmm, be there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on top of that, uh, it was, I had made such a big frickin' to do about it that I had other family members. Like my, my cousin and my aunt came mm-hmm. and they support su- they supplied yeah. the food. They basically catered the week. They yeah. like catered food for us the whole week. So like, that was the interesting thing was I actually was okay with myself. That was the thing that bothered me. Yeah, I felt okay. so bad mm-hmm. that all of these people had taken their time off. They had traveled across the country, some of them at their like, some of their own expense mm-hmm. to watch me like get pulled from the race at mile 47. No, I know. I know. And well, I know everything you're going to say. It's fine. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> like, I, I, I know. But, I, but I think that's it's, what I, think I was this feeling. Is the, and... That's valid. I know, I know. 100% valid. (laughs) Right. But But what I want to say for people listening, because, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, well, I don't want to ever involve anybody in my shit, because what if I don't succeed? And what I want to say to that is people want you to succeed, but they don't need you to succeed in order to still, like, love you and support you. Well, and let's finish, because there's the converse, which is the opposite of that is when it does go well. Okay. How great it is to have everyone. It feels great. Yeah. And so then you went and ran another race, though. Yeah. So then I found another race six months. In Texas. In Texas. uh, Six months later. Eight Mm -hmm. months later. I don't know. Some months later. And... 72 months later. (laughs) Um, I took a lot less people. I like parsed down the film crew to mm-hmm. the bare minimum mm-hmm. because I didn't know how it was going to go and I didn't right. want to have that same feeling. Like I, I did not want anyone who absolutely did not have to be there. I didn't want anyone who I wasn't 100% sure they wanted to be there. Right. Like I didn't want them there. I wasn't there. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I know <laughs> you weren't. <clears throat> I would have loved for you to. I know. I was watching. I was watching your tracker though the whole time. Um, we sent you texts. Yeah, you did. Yes, yeah. you did. And I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't announce it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I told my very best friends. You knew. Mm-hmm. Annie knew. A couple mm-hmm. other of my very closest friends knew. But I didn't tell anyone. And I 
succeeded. I finished. You did. Eight minutes before Eight the minutes. time cut off. That was like, what drama. <laughs> it was pretty high drama. <laughs> but then the opposite was true. I finished and mm. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I wish everyone was here. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but your sis was there. Oh, my sister was there. One of my very best friends uh, from childhood, yeah. Amy Curry. You had some very important VIPs there. Yeah. And, and John, you know John. Yeah, John. Yeah. My director. The, of, yeah. yeah. Director of photography, uh, John Lyle. Super talented guy. Uh, <laughs> just like recommended from, uh, from a friend. And we ended up... Well, that's like synchronicity right there, you know? It is. We ended up just, like, I just think he's the cat's pajamas. He's so flipping cool. We he have really become, likes our jokes about... <laughs> he likes all our jokes. <laughs> um, but he's, you know, he's ended up becoming a really, really mm-hmm. great friend. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to love the experience of going uh, to theater camp. I used to love... Uh, it's one of the things I loved about doing theater was for three months, you'd be... In Florida, at a regional oh theater, just I went like to church camp. What a fucking <laughs> lame thing! I wish I would have went to theater camp. <laughs> Not just theater camp, but like as an adult working in theater, you mm. would be like, you would suddenly be in this new place with these new group of actors doing the show just for three months. Yeah, a lot of times you'd be in a show where you were being very Im- intimate with yes. these strangers. You get to know these people no, really, I know. really it's well. Amazing. And and then then they go out of your lives. You but you that? always are like, oh yeah, I remember that time in rehearsal when we had to talk about that and, <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. But uh, John has seen me literally, I think, at every shade of your like, life. The majority of like, the he, worst moments of my life. I mean, life. I've seen the cut. <laughs> like you are raw. I mean, he's seen me like about to pass out. He's seen me crying. He's seen me just I've like seen he has seen. Yeah, you've seen me crying. <laughs> He has seen me like bawling on the mm-hmm. side of a mountain in a camera into a camera. Like he, uh, you know, he just he's, he's like a new ride or die. He is a new ride or die, and he is, you know, I think there are a lot of components to this filmmaking process that like it would not have ended up the same if it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I don't know why John. I don't know why my friend TJ recommended John be my director of photography because but, that's like how the universe pushes. People yeah. Some together. somebody was. Yeah. I don't know. Or I we do. got really lucky. I don't know no, what the explanation is. That's why I don't believe in luck, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> I know. Uh, that's podcast number four. <laughs> Let's fight with those pebbles over there. <laughs> There's a big rock pile. Oh, goodness. Want more potty in your life? Head on over to lifeofthepotty.com and sign up to receive the potty report. It's a super fun newsletter that will keep you knee deep in potty knowledge and goings on. We've always got fun things in the works, and you're invited to all of it. So when is the film going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> if there's one question over the last three years that has uh, come, come closer to me punching another human. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, come out is a very, uh, very tough term. Yeah, yeah. So we currently have a festival cut, which means yes. we have a... A really close to finished uh, film. Okay. Um, so, audio isn't finished and color grading isn't finished. At that point, we technically have a finished film. Right. That being said, uh, you know, one of the benefits of doing the festival circuit is to get some really good feedback. So, mm-hmm. after that feedback arrives, that Very will good. surely... Uh, propel some edits and okay. some changes maybe not it'd be great if everyone i would love for everyone to say it's brilliant and perfect right. we wouldn't change well, that's a thing a really, like you did that though mm. you you did kind of like um t- well they do it with movies in hollywood but you did a, a more online version of doing uh, what's the word focus groups focus groups yeah, well, yeah I'm so you did, which i thought was really brave of you because like you were ready and willing to like take whatever was thrown at you which i think you have to get to a very like solid place within yourself and within what you've made to let other people judge it in the way that you were allowing other people to judge it and give you feedback I should say because you can put something out and not allow feedback on it right Mm -hmm. like you could I could do a set tomorrow and like yeah people's feedback is gonna be like they're laughing or not Mm -hmm. but like you went in and were like hey did you like the music did you like the character which is you by the way. Yeah, I was like, yeah, did you like that guy, Jeff? Was he a dick? Were you, were you, was he all right? Which I thought was like, whoa. Like, I mean, how did well, you prepare to like allow for that kind of feedback, too? Did you just pray to baby Jesus? No, you know, I think um, 
I consider myself really lucky because I think I'm really the cat's pajamas in a healthy <laughs> in no, a healthy yeah, in a healthy kind a of way. Very good sense of self. Um, I don't have like a lot of self doubt. Right. And so if someone has a concern, I can usually listen to it and see where they're coming from. Okay. And it's either a they're right or b I didn't do my job in telling the story the right way. So if you're like, well, I didn't understand that part. It's not that I did a bad job. It's not that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. It's that I I must not have I must not have told that part of the story as well as I could have. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you are the only person out mm-hmm. of a hundred mm-hmm. who mention mm-hmm. it. In which case, I'm gonna ignore it. I I, I yeah. don't care. Like just, I'm gonna <laughs> respectfully give no fucks. Exactly. I'm gonna. Oh, I love that. I'm gonna yeah. respectfully give zero fucks. Give yes. zero. <clears throat> fresh out of respectful fucks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you know what? I, although I think this is. Um, this is something that I feel passionate about. I feel like, and I, I certainly do agree that there are times um, when you should create your art for you yeah. and nothing else. Yes. But again, getting back to this idea that at the end of the day, if artists completely ignore right. commercial value, then you can't afford to create your art. If you can't, if you have another, I mean, maybe you can, if you are independently wealthy, if you have another side, you know, if you have an amazing day job and you're just doing it on the side, then awesome. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to create art full time, you, it has to be monetized. Like you have to... I mean, you have to pay your bills. Your art doesn't have to be monetized. I shouldn't say that. But you have to pay your... You, you have to pay your bills. You have to survive. And, well, okay. So I think I think what you're saying is, like, true <clears throat> to an extent of that. Like, you, if you want to make art and you want to put it out in the sphere, it has to have a sense of universal, universal something, right? Yeah. But I also think, mm-hmm. if you've thought about it, <clears throat> so has somebody else. There's like a there's like a, a niche for everybody almost in the world, and like, especially with like, you know, the internet. Like, I I, I think about that in the realm of porn. Oh God. Gotcha. <laughs> of like, no, I know, well, <laughs> because we've talked about that a little bit on this podcast, and like the, and like if you've thought about it, somebody else has thought about it, and there's like a website about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I kind of think that about art. Mm-hmm. Like I think about like if you like. Like, who knew that there was, like, an ultra-running genre of movies? Of yeah. Docu- genre, yeah. Like, a, you know, it's a documentary genre. Which, when I started this, that you I was know. I was making... No, I didn't know oh, that. Did I was know. making a film for them. I right. was like, this is a film that's only going to be right. seen by ultra-runners. It wasn't until recently that I was like, oh, okay, maybe this has some broader mass so appeal. That's, so that's what I'm saying here, is, like, if you've had <clears throat> the thought of it, and you've, like... Like, somebody out there is going to enjoy it, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And And... Whether you can monetize that or not is up to you, essentially. I don't know. Am I getting too far from the point? No, you're not getting far from the point. We're, 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 we're still within proximity I, to the point. I guess I'm just saying you don't have to go in. What I'm saying here is that you don't have to go into the project with the idea that you're going to monetize it, necessarily. Uh, no. Not yet. Not necessarily, no. Yes. That's what no. I'm saying. That, like, your desire is enough to create something, and then, like, then you can think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think the th- now that we're clear, right? Now that we're clear. <laughs> well, I think the, the thing is just like like I would love to be doing this exclusively, and so that's when sure. I think that's when you have to, to to start thinking about it. But where I was going was you know like actors. I feel like so many actors yeah. um, say like you you just do your performance. You per- like you perform for you. Yes, but at the same time, like as an actor. Your success literally, literally mm-hmm. depends on what everyone else thinks mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. So it's such a like catch twenty two that took it me is. so long to like come to paradox. terms with. Yeah, like you do need to do your own thing. Yes. You need to like you need to do your art. Yeah. But then there is a point where like, well, you don't get to do your art anymore if you're not also taking into consideration your audience. Your audience. I agree. I agree to a certain extent, and I agree that it's all paradox, and I agree that, like, if you also are, like, truly listening to that, if you're not listening to your ego, and you're listening to, like, that true part of yourself, that truest self, Mm -hmm. like, that will get supported, I think is what I'm saying. And at the same time, I mean, like, yeah, I think think it's a mix. I think it's a healthy mix of both. It's a healthy Chex mix. Because there are also, (laughs) oh, God, that Chex mix was good, and it was not healthy. (laughs) It was like the worst processed bag to Chex Mix, and we ate it all. 
Anyway, um, I mean, there are definitely times. <laughs> that was when, yesterday. Yeah, today's was, today. Yeah, today's today. Um, but I mean, there are also times when I like uh, it didn't happen with this instance. But I mean, there are things that I very purposefully did in the film. There are s- story elements that I purposefully told in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And if someone had said, if multiple people had said, I don't know, like, I don't know about that. I, I was confused. I didn't get it. That might be a time where I'd say like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to make that trade off because I feel passionately enough about that decision that I made that I'm going to like, that's okay. Yeah. Keep it in. Because I know that you like the other 83 minutes of it. <laughs> I'm down. I'm super down with that. That's yeah. super how I operate. I'm like, yeah. well, if I feel super strongly and I think all of y'all are wrong, like <laughs> I'm going to keep it in. Yeah. Well, and I think like I've never really been forced to think about like the business aspects until this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never had my entire life savings wrapped up in a project. I have never spent this much. I mean, this like, it's not just just I went and bought some art supplies for a one painting it's not I went and you know bought like some stuff at the thrift store for like a sketch that I'm doing it's not anything Mm -hmm. like that it's my life savings Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and four years of my life Mm -hmm. wrapped up in this so can we I I love to do so this is something I actually will do with like clients oh some free free yeah coaching free free coaching and I do I do a worst case scenario yeah so, like, what if no festivals want your shit? What if it's a complete loss? Like, where, like, would you still be like, oh, I mean, I did this project for my mom and now I'm still happy about it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, yeah, I mean, there's a, an okay. Sure middle ground yeah. which is like the artistic aspects yeah. yeah i'm i'm so glad i did i'm so glad i did all of it i didn't do it just for the project i didn't run 100 miles for the project mm-hmm. i didn't write my first show for mm-hmm. the project um yeah i'm so glad they happened yeah because they well and i i'm i'm always a big fan of like what got you right to this moment where you're like sitting in a river mm-hmm. talking to a microphone watching me apply sunscreen to my thigh <laughs> right, right 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 yeah and it was all the choices <clears throat> yeah it was all the choices all the choices there were lots of choices speaking of choices you have a new project coming up yep yep, yep. what are you working on right now well so i really love this format of yes. like half I've, I've loved documentary since i was a little kid i love telling since stories since i was a wee babe um i love telling stories Stories, mm-hmm. And I love the juxtaposition. Ooh, I love of, juxtaposition. It's a good word. I do. Uh, I love the juxtaposition of comedy and drama. Oh, yeah. Uh, a dramedy. Yeah, yeah. I do too. Um, so uh, I am uh, turning a school bus into an RV. Oh, <laughs> just this little thing. Yeah, I uh, have it parked in my sister's yard. I've been working on it for, She's I don't lovely. know. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> who... who who wouldn't be lovely that would let their brother uh, <laughs> park a school bus in their yard? Uh-huh. I mean, I've been working on it for over a year. Almost well, it's ish building done. a home. Yeah, it is building a home, and it's also like working two jobs and finishing a film while building a home. So I mean, you're not busy. A few things going on, but yeah. So I still managed to answer my phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> well, why wouldn't I? Yeah, well, I was, you know, I was in LA and turning 34 and stuff as mm-hmm. one does in mm-hmm. LA and friends were like trying to plot out how they were going to buy their like first home. very modest $600,000 homes and uh, oh, yeah, how yeah. they were going to like send their kids to preschool and cause that costs money and you have to get into kids. <laughs> of course you have to get into a, the a best preschool. Money. Yeah, it does. Um, just all this stuff. And I was mm-hmm. just like, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to double down on the 35 year old bachelor thing. Cool. Fun. Um, I, I work from home. I have a day job working from home and I was wanting to do more stand up and travel more. I was going to need to travel for film festivals and stuff. And I've joked since I was in high school that I couldn't wait until I was old enough to retire so I could buy an RV and travel full time. So this has literally been like like a childhood dream. Yeah, well, so, so my high school best friend, Mandy, she actually, I was talking to her, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I was just telling her what was going on. And she was like, remember in high school when he used to joke about like wanting to retire so he could travel? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, why don't you do that now? And I was like, mm. I don't know. Mandy, you're so smart. Why don't I, Mandy? 
She's real. She's literally a doctor of soil sciences. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she soil really sciences. is. Wow, she we should have is. her on the podcast. <laughs> she actually is. Really Sounds smart. amazing. Real smart. Yeah, she was like, "Why don't you just do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, why don't I?" Like, yeah, why, why? So, you, why not? so when you were down in Texas, running a race, well, and everything kind of fell in place. Yeah, <gasps> more synchronicity. So I was getting ready to do. I was about six weeks away from running the second 100 miler uh-huh. north of Houston, Texas, uh-huh. and that's when the bus idea happened. Okay. I actually was originally looking at an RV, and then I just they call them schoolies. Yeah, is what I they know. call them when that's you convert them. I know from you. Yeah. You know from me. <laughs> um, and I started looking online, and and wait, where did you buy this? Bus well, so it was in Texas. So I was looking online and I found this school bus for sale in Texas, but I found it on eBay. I can't even answer that. Can you buy a dress? Can you buy a computer and a school bus on eBay? <laughs> so I was on eBay and I found this bus and like it was perfect on paper. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. But it was cheap enough that like it was kind of worth the risk. Like even if it's just a carcass. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I was like, you know what, we'll see. We'll see if other people bid on it. It was like six days until the auction was over. I am an eBay pro. I don't oh, know if you know this. I, I will not. not reveal my tactics on no, your podcast. No, don't. People have to, should have to pay for that. But I have never lost an auction. So um, <laughs> I waited and I waited and it hadn't really gone up. So, you know, with eight seconds until the end of the auction, I did my magic that I do. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, I bought a school bus, <laughs> but it was in Texas, and it was three hours away from where I was running my hundred miler. Oh, okay. So, um, so well, it's just perfect. like really close, essentially. You know what oh, I mean? Well, like in the by Texas, by things. Midwestern standards, that's yeah. like just next door. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, it would just worked out perfectly. So I ran the 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 run. It was just like it was such an exciting, exhilarating week because I. Uh, ran this 100 miler that I quite frankly did not think I was going to finish which is why I had prepared myself emotionally by uninviting everyone everyone and not telling anyone about it because I did not think it was going to go well Uh, it went well and then I drove down and picked up this school bus and then drove this school bus back to my family's (laughs) farm in Missouri it was perfect it's completely insane and I love it but so you have you now have a YouTube channel Yep, I have a YouTube channel, jjb.life. And it's called The Earl Project. Well, my bus is The Earl Project. The film will be called The Earl Project. So you're going to make another film. Oh, right. That's what we were talking about. Right, that's what I'm getting at. I'm a really good host. (laughs) So you're going to make another film. You're going to spend maybe two more years, or is this going to be a four year? Yeah. Who cares? I think we might do a quick three years a on quick, this one. A smooth three. No. Uh, you know what? The thing is, uh, I could have spent the amount of money that I've spent on this first film either to go to film school mm-hmm. or I could have spent it making my first film. And I agree with your choice. I spent it making my first film and I feel like, which if I, if I had had the budget that I wanted to have, I would not have learned nearly as much i'm telling you shit but like, doesn't work out so you can learn no like like i can cut your film i can media manage your film yep. i can line produce your film yes. uh i can I color correct your film hold on I'd, i only work for myself for free <laughs> so okay so you're you're basically gonna do a very similar like docu comedy around building out this school bus traveling in it being like you're eschewing having a mortgage, having a 30-year mortgage. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what that's what this is about. Yeah, I'm just kind of like resisting doing what maybe other people think you're that exi- I should be doing. You're resisting the norm again. I'm resisting talking, the norm. T- this is yeah. very much a theme of this fucking podcast. I tend to do that. <laughs> and Well, everyone I have on tends to do that, and that's what's exciting I think about it causes it. exciting art when you do that. I think it does, too. Yeah. So you're going to doc- you're basically, you have been essentially documenting the um, remodel yep. of this school bus. So documenting the product, uh, the process, the process rather, of converting the school bus. And so you can go follow you on YouTube at jjb.life. Yep. And, and then there's going to be a film that comes out in a couple years around that, correct? Yeah, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a couple so, years. i gotta, I got to finish and then, it and then, and get, then, and then gonna, write a we're show. We're going to have you back on the podcast and you're going to talk, be talking about completely new process yeah back on the river <laughs> we're gonna be right back here on the river we'll see y'all back on the river in hey, about five years. hey let's put that out there right now Ooh, if i finish I like this it. next nope rewind when when bish when when bish, bish when. <laughs> when i finish the next film we are going to celebrate by 
coming back here on vacation. Okay. And uh, uh, with yeah. that. Curtaway. Whatever. You meant to say Curtaway. <laughs> Curtaway. Curtaway. Come back to Curtaway. We're going to drop all our G's again. Yeah, and we're going to We're going to do... go. Going. We dropped zero G's here. I dropped all my G's. You did? Um, in my language, not in my money. Right, right, right. <laughs> and we're going to do. We're gonna. We're gonna record a podcast right here in the river. Yeah, same spot. Uh, I think we're at a camp campground like twenty eight. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We got to find the license well, plate nailed so to the people, tree. Where can people find you on the internet yeah. at jgb.life? Yeah. So on all the all the social medias, uh, either at Jeffrey Benny R E Y B I N N E Y, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Yep. Or jjb.life. And once is enough film.com is yep. once is enough's um, website. Yep. And thank you so much for coming on and being a guest. Hey, what a pleasure. Thank you so Tote's much pleasure. for um, going on vacation with me. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Wait, I had you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, wait. You, this was your idea initially. It was my idea, yeah. And yeah. then you were like, do you want to come on vacation with me? And I was like, is the Pope Catholic and the church corrupt? <laughs> yeah. We had a good time, though. It wouldn't have been fun by myself. No. Well, it would have been for like 36 hours. And then and then you'd be like, I wish Shanna was here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's well, right. hey, potty. 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 I'm about to potty in this river. Well, that's it, folks. Episode music by Linen Bone at soundandpatternsmusic.com. Podcast art by Jessica Savage. Editing and mixing by yours truly. And to find out more, visit lifeofthepotty.com. Thanks for listening. And as my dad would say, talk at you later.